0: There's nothing in the world quite like Rodeo Drive. I'm Bronwyn Cosgrave. Hello and welcome to Rodeo Drive, the podcast. When one Rodeo Drive was not enough, they built two Rodeo Drive.
1: Rodeo Drive's been on the map since Beverly Hills Cobb. is like a giant shopping destination. But you never saw a big confluence of like a million tourists in one place as you did when Two Rodeo opened.
0: Rodeo Drive owes its success to visionary retail concepts, Giorgio Beverly Hills, Bijan, and the Giorgio Armani Boutique designed by Michael Chow. But those were stores. In the late 80s, a pioneering retail developer burst onto the scene with an idea to build an entire street. It would operate like a companion to Rodeo Drive. It would look like a mashup of the world's greatest luxury thoroughfares. It would bring the world to Beverly Hills. Today's story is about Douglas Stitzel and his creation of Two Rodeo Drive the tragedy that followed after he realized his dream, and the changes in retail that now have people wondering, what's next for Rodeo Drive? This is a rebroadcast of a story that aired earlier this year. Kathy Gohari is president-elect of the Rodeo Drive committee, and she explains why 2Rodeo Drive is a big attraction for today's shoppers. As you know,
2: very well know, this is the time where we're getting new deliveries. Spring, summer is arriving into the stores. People are excited to see new things in the windows. You know, spring is a sign of new life. So you will see windows having beautiful new displays, uh, more color, more life, more vivid uh, displays,
0: and a little spark of traffic on the street. Nice. Is that because... People are being vaccinated. Is that bringing the foot traffic, do you think?
2: I believe so. But also, I think it's a psychological move towards we are optimistic, cautiously optimistic about the um, new infection rates that are going down. It seems like at this point, we are becoming a little bit more um, in control and aware of what the dangers are and the things to do and the things not to do. They're getting vaccinated, and they're leaving their homes.
0: Okay, so let's talk about Two Rodeo Drive. Explain mm-hmm. how Two Rodeo Drive fits into the landscape of Rodeo Drive.
2: Well, I think it is the perfect anchor for the entrance onto Rodeo Drive from Wilshire Boulevard. You absolutely get the mood and the status of the street by just looking at this spectacular building. It is probably the most photographed place on the entire street, I have to say.
0: Yes, and prior to the coming of to Rodeo Drive, it was said that Rodeo Drive was a little lopsided, that all the action was on the west side of the street, and the east side of the street was a little quiet. It's very true. You know, it's interesting. We do drive,
2: uh, the, Main business luxury district of Rodeo Drive is the 200, the 300 and the 400 block. And it's super important to have a point of interest in every block. And two Rodeo has cemented uh, its place for the entire 200 block. Mm-hmm. As we are going to be looking forward to the future developments on the 400 block, you know, the new ho- hotel that will be coming in the next few years will be the most appropriate anchor for the other end of the street.
0: That was Kathy Gohari. She's president-elect of the Rodeo Drive Committee. And that hotel she mentioned, that's the LVMH Cheval Blanc Hotel, scheduled to open in 2025. Now to two Rodeo Drive... where Rodeo Drive meets Wilshire Boulevard. The trouble was, in the 1980s, that bit of the street was occupied by a used car dealership. A charismatic San Francisco real estate developer had a great big idea for that site. His name was Doug Stitzel, and his plan was to... recalls his in-house architect, Pam White. It was
3: Doug's favorite shopping streets. It was the Spanish Steps. It was Via Condote. It was St. Mark's Square. He, he literally took his favorite images from his European you know expeditions, and that is what he translated this into. Many shopping malls back
0: then were large, hulking structures. Doug Stitzel had a totally different concept.
3: Going back at that time, which was, you know, the mid to late 80s when this was designed, um, it it, it was probably one of the worst architectural periods of our country, but people were trying to design shopping centers and strip centers, which this is. It's a very high-end strip center. They were trying to design them so that everything looked the same. They wanted uniformity. And Doug was absolutely trying here to do anything but was uniform.
0: to cardinal in retail, keep the shops on the ground level.
4: Unlike uh, other stores that are on Rodeo Drive, when the developer looked at the site, he realized that in the retail world, second-story retail really doesn't have the kind of draw that first-floor retail does.
0: Bill Wiley is director at CBRE, a global real estate management company. He manages two Rodeo Drive.
4: So instead of just having stores along Rodeo Drive, uh, he created the Via Rodeo, which bisects the property. So the stores that are on Rodeo Drive actually tuck underneath the Via Rodeo. And now the cobblestone walk street that's Via Rodeo is created in a whole other street of first floor retail.
0: So Doug had a vision. But to make it a reality, he had to persuade the owners of the site to accept his
3: offer over several rivals. One of which was Marvin Davis. One of which was Donald Trump.
0: Doug won with a mix of artful persuasion and support for his concept from big players like the nearby Beverly Wilshire Hotel. And, says White... He really relished... Not taking no for an answer, how do you solve
3: things? Trying to put a deal together, he was a deal junkie as much as he was an architectural junkie.
0: Doug offered a scheme well suited to the site, but was he a great showman?
3: I asked Pam White. Doug was a man short in stature, he was probably, I don't know, five foot six, five foot seven at the most. Very well dressed, very well spoken, and Was he a showman? In a sense, yes. I would agree that he had more of a professorial approach to showmanship as opposed to, I'm going to say, Donald Trump, a bravado.
0: Beating out rivals, however, did not come
3: cheap. Doug paid a very high price per square foot for this site. And the way that he could make that work is he had to get more than one story of retail on that site. So what that led to, which is basically this two- to three-level retail scheme, depending upon how you define it.
1: Doug was
0: also determined to conjure a distinct identity for each merchant. He offered something unusual. visitor was in for a truly original shopping experience, a street lined with many different facades. But behind those facades was one large building. It was a brilliant conceit, a stage set, and the perfect addition to the street of dreams.
3: The second part of that is he used real materials. Instead of using plaster or painted stucco, he used terracotta. He used real brick. He used, historically used building materials as opposed to their modern equivalents.
0: Like an old-time movie producer, Doug sought inspiration for his two Rodeo Drive production by location scouting. He visited the retail playgrounds of Europe. Vicki Johnson is a development consultant who was...
5: So Doug took a a whirlwind trip to Europe right shortly before this time. He basically went around and took photographs of buildings that he liked, architectural features, um, just all sorts of different, uh, you know, in some cases it was monuments or sculpture or little details. And he put these photographs of all these different buildings out on the conference room, and there were hundreds of them. And uh, we sat around, and he picked out the ones that he liked, and he talked about how to make it work and which building should be next to which building. It was like a jigsaw puzzle. It was uh, definitely um, working it piece by piece. And we had an amazing um, artistic renderer at the time who was able to create Doug's vision in drawings.
0: He brought in a team of architects and tapped Italian artisans to create decorative streetlights, limestone sidewalks, and Turodeo Drive's design signature,
3: cobblestones. It was always about cobblestones, and those were imported from Italy. You know, the beauty of this project is Doug didn't have any partners telling him to find a substitute material, or why are we using terracotta, or let's not use brick. So Doug had pretty much a free reign on that, and I think that's also why it was successful.
0: And then there was the parking. Back to Bill Wiley with CBRE and Director
4: of Two Rodeo Drive. One of my favorite things when I came to Beverly Hills was actually parking at Two Rodeo Drive. Because it's such a beautiful garage. you know, pulling up, I mean, you'll come into our garage and you'll see some of the most iconic cars in the world. I mean, it's something I've always been fascinated with. You know, Rolls Royce, Ferrari, Maserati, it's pretty amazing.
0: Doug Stitzel paid the top dollar to build two rodeo drive. One hundred and thirty million dollars, which was a hefty price tag back then. Then he had to find merchants to set up shop. Eventually, Tiffany and company signed a lease. The floodgates opened. Dior was in. So was Etro, Franco Ferre, Porsche Design, and Valentino. At the top of Two Rodeo Drive's famous staircase, Peter Stringfellow opened a Beverly Hills satellite of his famous London disco.
6: And so he, oh, I went down, on, and then I, I was told, and basically, the vision that this amazing developer had, and it sounded amazing. And on top of it, what they loved that a hair salon will basically bring, a lot of, a lot of traffic. So we end up with ten thousand square feet. I mean, it was like we had a staircase that was out of this world. I mean, so chic, very Parisian. It was, we had an amazing interior designer. So the staircase was grand. I mean, almost as grand as at Chanel in Paris. It was like over the top. I mean, it could not have been better. It was like a big family, believe it or not. At the beginning, the tour day was like, every tenant, everybody got along. And it was just like a, a celebration. It was so beautiful being there. And uh, mainly also the location, just that corner of Wilshire and Rodeo, it was just phenomenal.
0: Doug Stitzel had asked a lot of local retailers, Jerry Magnan, Theodore, to move their operations to 2 Rodeo Drive, and they wouldn't. What convinced you that it was the right place?
6: First of all, I needed more space, number one. But number two... Being part of Rodeo Drive, just being on basically on Rodeo Drive, it was the ultimate. And the parking situation was unbelievable. I mean, you, I mean the, the parking was underground and I mean, clients loved it. It was all valet parking. I mean, it was the ultimate in luxury.
0: Two Rodeo Drive opened with a bang in 1990. The fashion journalist Merle Ginsburg remembers the moment and watched its impact on Rodeo Drive.
1: Rodeo Drive's been on the map since Beverly Hills Cobb. It's like a giant shopping destination, so it was never exactly quiet. But you never saw a big confluence of like a million tourists in one place as you did when Two Rodeo opened. It became the new gathering spot, like a real tourist attraction. It had little kind of French-Italian tables running up downstairs. And, you know, it definitely brings it... More than a touch of uh, Euroness to LA.
0: Doug Stitzel was 39 when 2 Rodeo Drive opened. His success surprised naysayers. 2 Rodeo Drive also intrigued design and architecture experts.
7: I was kind of amazed by it. I thought it was kind of like a version of Disneyland Main Street for grown ups
0: was architecture critic at the New York Times when Two Rodeo Drive opened.
7: I've always been fascinated by sort of the architecture of make-believe and by those moments where stage set design and the making of real buildings converge somehow. And we are accustomed to seeing things like that in theme parks. That's what theme parks, in fact, are largely about. Well, Two Rodeo Drive seemed to be bringing that whole idea into the real city. It represented the convergence, in a way, of the real downtown Beverly Hills, to the extent that any of that is real, of course, and this whole stage set theme park idea. And so I I was fascinated by it, but it, it cynically preys on people's love of innocent attractive things and in that sense it's the architectural equivalent of a kind of uh you know romantic movie that you know is playing with your emotions a certain amount but you go with it anyway and so Turo Dare drive is kind of that I, i would say it's maybe the architectural equivalent of a rather shallow but pleasing romantic comedy
0: In a city renowned for its faux-European architecture, did its copycat quality matter anyway? Here's Merle Ginsburg.
1: It's Disneyland in the way it looks, certainly. But then again, you know, Versace is there and Donatella would like meet people there. So it was like a real destination in that way. Doug Stitzel to Rodeo Drive
0: was a triumph. He had created a gateway to Rodeo Drive a gateway soon to become as iconic as the European streets which had inspired him. He turned his attention to a new retail project in Pasadena, but Doug wasn't quite himself.
3: Doug had a fabulous 40th birthday party in February of 1991, and then again, you know, work goes on and, and life goes on, but Doug was obviously very ill, and so in Probably late March uh, to the first part of April. He wasn't around the office as much. I mean, Doug worked very hard and as obviously something was going wrong. Well, to make a long story short, his wife gets him to the hospital. He was diagnosed reasonably quickly with a very unique form of leukemia. He placed phone calls to a few folks. They put him on a chemo and he basically went into a uh, coma essentially right thereafter. Died very quickly. He died very quickly. Yes, he did. He died within a couple of weeks of diagnosis. It's a tragedy, really, isn't it? It was awful. It was just, it was, it was awful because here, you and I have just had this discussion about, you know, what happened if Doug wasn't successful on this project? He was very successful on this project. We were busier than we knew what to do with on other projects in Long Island and and, and a big project in San Francisco and Doug, Doug, you know, he dies at the age of 40.
0: Doug Stitzel's sudden death cut short a remarkable life. It threw his company into turmoil. But as it happened, he had sold to Rodeo Drive to his Japanese financing partners. He also managed to get himself memorialized forever in a perfect fusion of fantasy and reality. He landed a cameo role in Gary Marshall's hit romantic comedy, Pretty Woman, playing himself. Pam White told us how it happened. At the time,
3: we were working on a project called One Colorado in Pasadena, and that site was owned by Gary Marshall, the TV producer, movie uh, producer, and we're working on that deal. And I don't recall specifically how Pretty Woman came into this, but I, I, I know Doug very much was fascinated with the idea of being in the movie. And that's how he landed his part there with the businessman walking down the street with a very large cell phone.
0: I somehow remember there was a dinner where Doug was pitching a script.
3: Oh, yes. Early on in the when we still had not acquired the property, Doug and I and Gary's business manager, who I believe his first name was Marty, ate dinner at the Arroyo Grill in Pasadena. And Doug spent the entire dinner pitching this movie. And it was all about this developer. And neither Gary or his business manager said a Pete, but um, it was an hour and a half of pitching. Doug's life. It was one of the funniest times and one of the most embarrassing times, but couldn't have been with two nicer men. But ended up with pretty woman. Not bad. Yeah.
0: Two Rodeo Drive gradually developed a genuine patina. By the time Bill Wiley began managing the property in 2007, it seemed to him like Two Rodeo Drive had always been on the corner of
4: Rodeo and Wilshire. Because as long as I've known it, it was, you know, it was there. The
0: cobblestone street and its grand staircase were picture perfect for the arrival of the Instagram generation. The stage set architecture is a frequent backdrop for movies and TV shows like Clueless and Ballers. For locals and visitors, Two Rodeo Drive is shopping heaven. We
4: have some unique boutiques at our center that you won't find anywhere else. Uh, either in the United States or in some cases, we have pieces that you won't find anywhere else in the world. Such as? Such as in uh, our Bucciolati boutique. You'll find one-of-a-kind handcrafted jewelry uh, that you won't find anywhere else. Uh, some of our boutiques, like Westheim, they'll have watches that you'll only see in magazines. And one of uh, our newer boutiques is our Henry Jacques boutique. And there they can create a unique fragrance for you.
0: Right now, brick-and-mortar retailing is under threat from the massive shift to online shopping. Shopping districts are going into decline. So what's next for Two Rodeo Drive? I asked Paul
7: Goldberger. The short answer is nobody really knows. I mean, retailing before the pandemic was very, very challenged because of the rise of online retail. And the pandemic has been absolutely devastating to it. I don't think it will go away because there's something extremely more than pleasant, even sort of necessary about the experience of walking on a street and seeing things and seeing people and being continually surprised by both the things and the people you see that provides an enormous sense of entertainment, relief, so forth. Uh, I think we will divide between necessity shopping and recreational shopping. And recreational shopping, when you're just out there to enjoy walking along Rodeo Drive, is an experience that people miss and they want to have back. Mm -hmm. And along the way, they will buy some things and then they will buy other things other ways.
0: In a way, I'm thinking Doug Stitzel and Two Rodeo Drive, they really saw into the future and anticipated this uh, retail tourism culture, the tourism that fueled retail, which up until the pandemic was booming. And now where does that go? These were spaces conceived to welcome tourists.
7: I think tourist consumerism will return when tourism returns, because I think it's become and will continue to be an inherent part of tourism.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: That what they recognized was that that was a, lo- a lot of how these sto- streets in Europe were working anyway. You know, I mean, the Rue Faubourg Saint Honoré in Paris or Bond Street in London were not Bond Street in London were not where Londoners ran out to get a quart of milk when they needed it. it, it you know, it was it was not about necessities. It was about luxuries that were sold as much, if not more to visitors than locals. Fifth Avenue and Madison Avenue in New York are the same thing. And so those have gone on a hiatus only because tourism is not possible right now. When it begins to return, I'm confident that that aspect of shopping will come back with it.
0: For Bill Wiley, this is personal. He says to Rodeo Drive is more than the cobblestones. Ter- is a street, a street fueled by long-lasting relationships and a collective passion for offering the world's finest customer service. He's looking forward to the return of normalcy, but he says the pandemic has offered some important lessons.
1: Well,
4: I think we've all learned to appreciate life a lot more. I think that, you know, it's been a reminder not to take anything for granted. I think that one of the things for me is that the pandemic has created this opportunity for kindness and you know we talk about that with the team that kindness is more important now I think than it ever has been but when this is over let's not forget that
0: you've been listening to Rodeo Drive the podcast I'm Bronwyn Cosgrave this episode of Rodeo Drive, the podcast is presented by the Rodeo Drive committee with the support of the city of Beverly Hills. Rodeo Drive, the podcast is written by Francis Anderton with editing and audio production by Avishai Artsy. Brian Banks composed the theme music. Livia Manduel and Callie McConnell are the production coordinators. The executive producer is Lynn Winter. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Share it with your friends. Join us on Instagram at Rodeo Drive. See you on the street.